Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chapel challenges us to consider Christ in every choice that we make. Not only was my sin forgiven, but on that day, I became a child of the King. I, I thank God that I'm a part of His kingdom, and I now have a royal cause to live for. And it's not about self, and it's not about this earth. It is about serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you understand? This is not about our kingdom. This is about His kingdom and advancing the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our minds are constantly asked to consider voices from every direction. Political parties, advertisements, social media, friends, family, they all call for our attention. But in all of the noise, there is one who can easily get crowded out of our everyday thoughts, and his name is Jesus. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. God's Word specifically calls us to consider Jesus. In our series, Consider Christ, we will be challenged to focus our thoughts on Him and to examine His life and ministry. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chapel with part two of a message called, Consider His Words. And so he gives us a kingdom command. And in this command, I want you to see, first of all, that it comes with an eternal perspective. It helps us to gain an eternal perspective. For the Bible says in verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Notice the teaching of verse 19, that earthly treasures are temporal. Earthly treasures are temporal. I believe all of us understand that principle. But God is saying, hey, this is going to dissolve. James says, what is your life? It's even a vapor that doth appear for a little while and then vanisheth away. You see, the fact of the matter is that God commands us in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 with these words, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Throughout the scriptures, we are reminded of the temporal nature of this earth and the eternal nature of the kingdom of God. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. You know it this morning, cars get dented and they rust and uh, termites infest houses and mold infest houses and water pipes break and children get crayons and right on the walls of the house. And, and, and in fact, everything in this world uh, is in a slow decaying process, including our own bodies. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you, when you got up this morning, were reminded the bodies are changing and uh, you sometimes feel that along the way? You, you see, the Bible is so clear that the things of this earth are temporal in nature. 
Earthly treasures are temporal, but kingdom giving is eternal. The Bible says in verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Treasures in heaven. You see, heavenly values are continually promoted in the word of God and illustrated for us by great men and women of God. I think of the teachings of the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10. He spoke to us about how to build our lives. Notice what it says in your notes there, 1 Corinthians 3.10, or turn in your Bible. The Bible says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid in Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built there, thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Paul likened the deeds of this world to two different categories. He gave, first of all, gold, silver, precious stone, and then also the wood, hay, and stubble. And he said there will come a time when we stand before the Lord. We learned about that last week. There will come a time when the fire will sort it all out. The things that we did that are temporal and earthly, those things that were done perhaps with wrong motivations in mind, will be like wood, hay, and stubble. They will be burned away. They will not matter at all. But the things that are done unto the Lord and the things that are done with spiritual value of gold, silver, and precious stones, those, the Bible says, will have a lasting effect. Those, according to the Word of God, will bring a reward to the faithful child of God. There is an eternal perspective that is given in these two verses, and God's challenge to us is that we would live with his eternal kingdom in mind. Uh, Dr. George Truett was the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas back in the 1940s and 50s. Dr. Truett pastored the church uh, when it was the largest church in the world. In fact, they averaged over 6,000 in attendance. That was unheard of in the day in which he ministered. One day after church, uh, Dr. Truett went to dinner with a family from the church and they were excited to have him come out to their ranch outside of town. And he went over to the home and they received him in and it was about 15 minutes before dinner. The owner of the house said, Pastor, I want to bring you up to an observation deck above our home here and just show you around a little bit and give you a little bit of the lay of the land. And as he spoke to him, he said, I want you to notice, Pastor, if you would, over here to the east, you'll see a lot of the cattle grazing. He said, uh, this is uh, uh, the portion of our ranch where we keep the cattle. And he said, if you look out here to the west, he said, you'll see a lot of the grain and you'll notice a lot of the farming uh, that we do over on this side. And he said, if you look up here to the north, you'll see some of the oil rigs. And, and he said, everything you see in that direction, I own everything in that direction, everything in that direction. He said, out here to the south, he said, you'll see a lot of the equipment. As far as you can see, that way he said we own it all in that direction and the pastor paused for a moment he was impressed with what he had seen but he looked at the church member he said sir let me ask you a question how much do you own in that direction you see that's what we're talking about this morning the eternal perspective, laying up treasures for the kingdom. Notice there is an eternal perspective given. And notice, secondly, it is given with a systematic plan. 
The kingdom command is accompanied with an eternal perspective and with a systematic plan. In other words, God has given us a way whereby we might be a part of his kingdom plan. And I believe it's shown to us in the scriptures. First of all, he allows us to participate in weekly giving. God has a plan whereby through the local church, we have the privilege of bringing that which he has blessed us with and laying it in store. We give to God through the church. Some people say, well, they're giving all their money to the church. Well, a mature believer says, no, I'm giving to the Lord through the church. Now notice God's systematic plan in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. By the way, how many of you have noticed that God is a God of order? Just take a look at the stars sometime and consider his creative power and orderliness. The Bible says he's not the author of confusion. And he says, as I gave order to the churches of Galatia, I want to give some order to you. Verse 2, upon the first day of the week, that would be Sunday, let every one of you, that would be us, lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. In the Old Testament, the term was tithing, and I believe that's a good basic starting point for our lives today. Some would call it offerings. Uh, it doesn't really matter what you call it as long as you're doing it. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says it this way, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? in tithes and offerings. Now that's a very serious way to speak about it. But God says that the first fruits belong to him. The Bible says it this way, the tithe is the Lord's. And so he said, when that's not given, uh, then he is robbed or we are not giving what is rightly his. Now many men rationalize. Some men say, well, I have my kids in a Christian school and I pay the tuition. Uh, friends, that's not your tithe. Some say, well, you know, I, I volunteer this and I try to help out in this way. That's not the tithe. The tithe is the first fruit that he gives to us, and it is the Lord's. And God says when it's not given, then we are withholding what is already his. I heard about a man who said uh, that uh, his, his credit card had been stolen, but he decided not to report the, th the theft uh, because the thief was using so much less of the credit card than his wife did. And so he thought he'd just withhold from reporting that thievery. Now, I want to tell you something. Uh, that's a different type of theft, but I truly believe that when a saved person uh, withholds from giving to the Lord, we are withholding from him that which is rightfully his. And so God says, I want you to honor me systematically upon the first day of the week. Notice not only the weekly giving that's taught in the scriptures, but there's also special giving taught in the scriptures. Sometimes they gave an offering for the tabernacle. Sometimes they gave an offering for the temple. Those of you who've studied the Old Testament, you recall that when the children of Israel left Egypt, God filled their pockets with stuff. Remember that? He filled their pockets with all kinds of gold and silver and all types of trinkets. And it wasn't so they would keep that stuff, but it was so they could establish the tabernacle so that they could worship God when they were out uh, from Egypt's land. Special offerings are found in the Bible. Notice if you would in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in verse 5 in your notes there. Paul says, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty. The word bounty uh, means offering. 
And he said, I challenge you, and I sent the brethren ahead to remind you to get ready for the offering, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. Now notice that phrase. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. And that's why this message is important, so that we can purpose in our heart through prayer, so that we can take time to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? And it says, every man as he purposeth in his heart, verse 7, so let him give. Notice this, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You know, you can always tell someone that's giving as the Spirit leads, there's a joy in their heart. I've often said over the years, if you're going to resent your gift, if you feel like your arm's being twisted, then don't give. But I'm saying to you this morning, everyone who is saved has something to be thankful for and has a reason for giving, and that is God's salvation and the Holy Spirit within you. Notice in verse number eight what the Bible says there, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And so we see this morning a kingdom command. And we see that God gives to us with this command an opportunity uh, He gives us an eternal perspective. He gives us a systematic plan whereby we might participate. But notice secondly with me this morning, not only a kingdom command, but notice a kingdom connection, a kingdom connection. Now notice this, if you will, in verse 21, the Bible says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's say that together. All right, ready, begin. For where your, there will your Now here's the kingdom connection. First of all, there is a connection between love and giving, all right? We've seen the command, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. But here's the connection. How does it connect to my heart? How does it connect to my pocketbook? There is a connection between love and giving. Now listen very carefully. Where there is no interest, there will be no investment. Where there's no interest, there will be no investment. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. How many grandmas and grandpas we have here this morning? Just curious. Let me see. All right. Congratulations. There's interest in those grandkids. And so there's an investment in those grandkids. Right? You see, where there's an interest. I watch the couples. Some of you are aware we have a college ministry here on the campus, West Coast Baptist College. I watch these young people. I mean, sometimes before we even get out of the orientation week, these young men have their eye on a young lady. I'm telling you what, and uh, they're talking to him, and, and uh, I mean, it, it, there's an interest that develops. Now, we have some seniors that haven't had an interest yet, and I'm a little worried for them that they're going to get out of college and miss their opportunity, but I, I, I'm praying for them. But I mean, a lot of these kids just, boom, boy, there's an interest. And when there's that interest, there's an investment. You don't just go to the Valentine's banquet. You've got to get a flower. You've got to get chocolate. You've got to open the door. And uh, I mean, you're spending some bucks if you're a young man in the dating mode at Bible college. I tell you, I've often thought of that. How many of you men would say, man, if I could have all the dollars I spent when I was dating with compounded interest, I'd be a wealthy man right now, you see. (laughs) See, you invested in that relationship. The fact of the matter is, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Colossians 3 and verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on the things of the earth. So there's a connection between love and giving. Secondly, there is a connection between love and serving. 
between love and serving. Notice verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, you know what the Bible says, a double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways. God says you can't serve God and mammon. So if we love God, then we're going to serve him. If we love money, we're going to serve money. Now look at this verse here in your text, 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10. But they that will be rich, now it doesn't say those that are rich, it says those that will be, those who are bent on it, if you will. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Notice this, for the love of money, it does, again, it does not say money, but it says the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now notice that they have erred from the faith. I've seen that happen. I've seen men who are saved, their families gets back together, they start working, they're doing pretty well, but then they get on this, this quest to make more and have more to the point. They'll begin to miss church, they'll miss their Bible reading, they'll miss having prayer with their family, all the stuff that got their life together. And now as they're coveting after these other things, they err from the faith and they leave the blessings of Almighty God. Now, what I'm saying is this, whatever you love is what you're going to serve. You love money, you'll serve money. You love God, you'll serve God. There is a connection, you see, uh, between love and giving. There is a connection between love and serving. You love your wife, you'll serve your wife. You love your husband, you'll serve. You love your children, you'll give. There's a, there's a kingdom connection here. Why are we doing what we're doing? It is not because we have to, it is because we want to as we love the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see this morning very clearly uh, that there is a kingdom command. Lay up for yourselves treasures in my kingdom. There is a kingdom connection. You love me, you're going to want to do this. Thirdly, there is a kingdom cause. Now, a lot of this boils down to this simple question. What's the cause you're living for today? I mean, what's it all about for you in this life? Lee Iacocca in his autobiography said, and I quote, Here I am in the twilight years of my life, still wondering what it's all about. I can tell you this, fame and fortune is for the birds. Now think of that. One of the wealthiest men to ever live in this country in his twilight years trying to figure out what it's all about. Now, God says, if you will live with my kingdom in mind, the closer you get to that eternal kingdom, you're not going to be wondering what it was all about. You're going to be looking forward to the day you see the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, if you would, in our text, verse 33, please. Matthew six thirty-three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. There's the kingdom cause. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now notice the kingdom cause, first of all, is a royal cause. The kingdom of God. It is a royal cause. The Bible says in Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. May I share my testimony with you? As a young man, April the 5th, 1972, in San Jose, California, I realized that as a sinner, I was not heaven bound. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And as I opened my heart and received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, I thank God that at that very moment, according to the book of Colossians, chapter 3, and verse chapter 1, verse 13, I was translated into the kingdom of God. I was born again into his family. At that very moment, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I was forgiven. I was passed from death unto life. I was translated into the kingdom of God. I want to tell you something, friend. That was the greatest decision I ever made in my entire life. And if you've never made that decision, I want you to know God loves you. Jesus Christ died for you, and he's calling you even today uh, to trust him as Savior. Now, not only was my sin forgiven, but on that day, I became a child of the king. I, I thank God that I'm a part of his kingdom, and I now have a royal cause to live for. And it's not about self, and it's not about this earth. It is about serving the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you understand? This is not about our kingdom. This is about his kingdom and advancing the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just simply saying, what do you believe in today for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the advancement of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? And, and someone may say, well, I just don't know about this cause, but I want to tell you something. Everyone here has a cause. And as a child of the king and as a resident of his kingdom, I believe my cause and yours should be for the furtherance of the kingdom. And sometimes it amazes me how those with the world's causes are so passionate, while Christians who have the greatest cause of all are so passive. Rise up, men of God, to the cause of Jesus Christ. It is a royal cause. And I want you to see, finally, it's a rewarded cause. It's a rewarded cause. Now notice that Matthew 6, if you would. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Notice the last sentence. And all these things shall be added unto you. And God says, you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. Seek first my kingdom, and I'll add these other things unto you. Oh, the Bible says in Psalm 37 and verse 25, I have been young and now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Philippians 4 and verse 19, But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Yes, it is true. God shovels it in and we shovel it out. God shovels it in and we shovel it out. And God does have a bigger shovel. And God does reward those who are faithful to him. He will provide for you, the Bible says, all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, if you will obey his royal command... It is because you have made that connection in your heart between love and giving. If you this morning will say, I, I hear the kingdom command and I understand the kingdom connection. I love the Lord, so I give. Then, my friend, you will be a part of his kingdom cause. And you will say, as a child of the king, I want to be a part of a cause greater than myself, greater than this life, greater than this world. I want to be a part of something that will last forever and forever. And may I be very clear again for those that may be our guests this morning. Please understand, you can give millions of dollars to the church of your choice and still not enter heaven. Giving money is not the way to buy some type of payment for your sin. We are preaching today primarily to people who know the Lord about the subject of honoring the Lord. 
But I want you to see the little quote in your notes this morning. I think it says it so, so clearly. A man may go to heaven without health, without riches, without honors, without learning, without friends. But he can never go there without Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. The cause that we speak of this morning is the cause of Jesus Christ. The message we speak of this morning is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen again and coming again for all who have put their trust in him. And if you are in this room this morning and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then I encourage you to understand the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast and so do not leave here thinking if I give money I'll go to heaven no no we don't give money to go to heaven thank God if someone is saved we can give not out of guilt not out of trying to buy our way into heaven we give because we're so thankful we're on our way to heaven you see and if you're not sure of that simple fact this morning, the Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know that today? In your heart, is there the assurance that you're a child of God, heaven bound? If not, we encourage you to trust Christ. And if so, we encourage you to live with His kingdom in mind. Consider His kingdom. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you'd like to connect with Pastor Chappell on Facebook or Twitter, go to paulchappell.com and click on his social media links. While you're there, be sure to sign up for his free Daily in the Word email devotional and take a look at all the helpful resources. Again, that's paulchappell.com. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today, where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.